What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Founders Lounge. I'm Don. We have been made it two weeks in a row now, Scotty. That's like a new record or something. We haven't done two episodes in a week in a long time. Um, guys, real quick, if you, I'm, I, I hate doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, if you enjoy the show or you pick a little nugget up and you think it's valuable, just do me a favor and please share it. Um, we don't spend a lot of money on marketing this, um, so so really the best way for us to get it out there is, is word of mouth. So if you enjoy it and you, you get a little bit of value of it, I would really appreciate it if you would share it. But um, now that we got that out of the way, um, got another cool guest on the show today. Um, he's another franchise partner uh, within our Clean Eats brand. This dude has another incredible story. Um, I, I've been lo- actually really looking forward to this because I know so much about your background. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I remember the day that you came in to interview and some of the things that you said, man, those have never left my brain. So, um, I, I'm kind of looking forward for you, for, for you sharing this with everybody. Um, but we have Sam Popple on the show. Uh, welcome. Hey, I appreciate you having me on Don. I was honored for you to ask me a couple weeks ago to for me to come on. I was uh, definitely looking forward to this. Yeah. So, just for for reference, Sam owns four, four four locations yeah. uh, with a fifth one in development. Okay, and you're like all of Sam's locations. Just for reference, are in the Panhandle of Florida. Yep, and and uh, Mobile, Alabama. We just we just uh, just added uh, this past right. December. Yep, that's right. Thank you for reminding me. Well, so let's just start from the beginning, man. You know, I did that with Parker. I did it with Anna. You know, a lot of our owners within Clean Eats are going to listen to this. Um, which is awesome. And a lot of them know a little bit about you and a lot about your background. And, but I know that, you know, the general public that doesn't, obviously they don't. And then I think we have a lot of owners that don't know a lot about your background and how you got to, you know, the history that you came from to, you know, having the small empire that you have now between the restaurant business and your real estate ventures. So let's, let's just start from the beginning and, and talk about how, Talk about your time before you found us. Let's do that. Right. Um, well, I mean, I've always uh, pretty much been in, uh, you know, involved with, uh, you know, working in the service industry. Um, you know, I, I started working in a, uh, my very first job, uh, you know, for outside of family was working at a seafood market when I was 13. Um, and I was uh, uh, steaming shrimp and uh, washing out bins and stuff, uh, you know, there for uh, $7 an hour cash under the table uh, back when I was 13. So, uh, that's really when I got my first uh, taste of, um, you know, working in a service type environment, uh, you know, greeting customers coming into the market uh, and helping them out. And uh, it's just something I've always, uh, you know, really enjoyed. And then um, as I got a little older, I got into, um, uh, you know, I think right around uh, my 18th birthday, I um, applied to work at a uh, a bar and uh, I actually, my birthday was uh, right before my senior year. So I was an 18 year old senior in high school. And um, my parents, like they allowed me to apply, but they just really didn't think anyone was going to hire me as soon as I told them I was still in high school. Um, but they also saw me as their little boy. Most people saw me as a 250 pound man <laughs> as a senior in high school. So so, um, so they, I, I got a job pretty quick because um the bars really like uh, they, they could kind of tell I was a little bit smarter than average, uh, but at the same time, a very friendly personality. So 
it was the kind of person that they uh, really liked on their uh, security team because I had the presence, but I also was never going to be, you know, someone who was going to be, a, you know, someone causing problems uh, that you sometimes see when you, you know, hire security people. And um, that really broadened my um, industry knowledge and service even further. Uh, I got promoted uh, to assistant manager of that club pretty quick, which was also tied to a restaurant. And um, and so all through uh, my senior year of high school was basically from uh, spring break on. I was uh, the assistant manager of that club um, all the way until the time I decided in uh, that fall that I was ready to kind of go off to college. Um, and a little bit back on my high school background, one of the ways I was able to work in that club in high school was I went to a collegiate high school. So during um during my junior and senior year, it was a complete college uh, curriculum. I was full on, full time at the local college, um, doing all college classes that they were actually counting for my high school credit. So instead of taking, you know, high school credit right college credit, I was taking college classes, getting high school credit uh, for those. Uh, so during uh, my senior year, I actually made my schedule to where I went from school to um, 7.30 a.m. till 5.30 p.m. on Tuesday and Thursday. But then I got Monday, Wednesday, Friday off. <laughs> so I was able to work in the clubs five nights a week because my parents just said I couldn't work on a school night. <laughs> and, and so uh, so I, uh, you know, changed my schedule accordingly. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it was just like, a, you know, a way I really enjoyed, um, you know, serving serving others, uh, seeing them have a good time, uh, you know, when they came out. And, uh, you know, that was just a, you know, real, real fun time in my life. Uh, but then uh, after that, uh, I went off to uh, college at Alabama. Um, I started uh, there as a junior um, because I already had my two-year degree upon graduating high school. <clears throat> and um, and there I continued to work in, in the bars. But at the same time, I also um, got into my, my – uh, first uh big uh business uh creation that wasn't uh fully legitimate <laughs> and uh that was uh that was the marijuana business <laughs> so uh i sometimes uh, yeah so I, I sometimes joke about that I, you know i'm kind of like the kennedys you know i was i was into something just ahead of its time just kind of like how they were in i'll call for the prohibition days <laughs> so uh so um yes yeah, so i um yeah and, and uh you know i kind of you know something that really grew um, bigger than I ever intended because I'm just gonna say, you know, I didn't really have uh, the intention of becoming a big time drug dealer, but it kind of just happened, you know. So I uh, was at a uh, I was at a World Gym and um, at Alabama, and I ran into somebody that I knew from back in uh, Florida. And he uh, just kind of, you know, told me how, uh, you know, hey, man, uh, you know, if you know anyone that uh, would like would like any marijuana, I, uh, you know, I sell, I, uh, I sell it. And I was like, okay, cool, man. You know, I, I smoke sometimes. Uh, you know, how much do you sell an ounce for? <clears throat> and uh, he um, he's like, oh, man, an ounce? I normally don't sell that much. <laughs> you know, I normally just sell people you know, grams and eights and stuff. And I was like, well, you know, usually when I get it, you know, I want to, you know, just get it once a month. I don't want to have to see you every week. So, uh, you know, and so when he, once he kind of told me what he sold out, what he could get an ounce for, I was kind of, 
my entrepreneurial brain started working. It's like, well, you started a consulting a company is what you did. Yeah. 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 I was like, well, I know a guy that can give it to me for half that price. And if they sell it for this price up here. And so, uh, you know, and it was kind of, um, I'm a big believer of law of attraction and the law of attraction, you know, works on the individual level. It doesn't always work in a positive way, <laughs> you know? So if you're, whatever you're, you're trying to attract, you attract, you know, whether it's good or bad, Absolutely. you bring it. Well, the time I was, uh, you know, I was on this, um, you know, how, how can I, you know, do this marijuana thing? Well, the very next week, someone close to me happened to, uh, tell me like, Hey Sam, yeah, I know, I know you smoke. I actually, I have a, I have an extra pound of orange crush. Uh, if you want it, you know, I can, I'll let you get it for uh 4,600. Well, at the time I knew that ounces were going for 450 so i could sell them for 400 and sell them fast you know so i paid the 4600 and uh turned around and uh sold sold all the ounces within two days and came back with 6400 you know and that's just kind of how how the business started in my mind and so i just i started i called a um you know a friend from that i knew since middle school and um he ended up you know, helping me, you know, get, get more. So I went from one pound to three pounds to five pounds to 10 pounds to, you know, I don't necessarily want to say what the most pounds I ever had at one time was, <laughs> but, but, uh, they, um, you know, I, it, it just kind of, you know, kept, you know, growing and growing and, um, you know, and, uh, and the money was coming so fast and, uh, you know, and, and I just, it just really didn't feel wrong, you know? And so like, uh, because like, I, you know, I didn't have any bad intentions. I wasn't, you know, and I wasn't doing any of the things that you kind of hear, you know, about where, where problems happen in the drug business. I never shortchanged anybody. I made sure everybody's things was always right. You know, I, I was the most legit drug dealer <laughs> that there could possibly be, you know, if, if that exists. Um, and, uh, you know, so I'm not just ran it like real professional business. Um, but, uh, you know, eventually that all, you know, caught up with being and, uh, you know, eventually some people that were, uh, you know, uh, a level below me got caught and then, you know, rolled up on me and, um, and that kind of really put the end of that. And so I, uh, you know, got arrested, uh, the last semester of my senior year, um, it was then <laughs> I think this is uh probably the most in depth I've ever gotten in this story. <laughs> um, oh, take your take your time, man. I appreciate you sharing it. Yeah. Um I mean I I don't wanna say that was quite rock bottom yet. Uh but it was getting arrested was uh, pretty damn close. Uh, the real rock bottom was after I actually um, made it all the way to prison. But uh, you know, just being arrested, the 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 shame. I, I know I brought my family. Um, um, you know, just something that was uh, real hard. Uh, you had to get over. You know, I was always voted most likely to succeed. Um, and, uh, you know, I was always a real, you know, smart kid in school, always did well. And so, um, you know, kind of let my family down, my parents down and myself down uh, by getting in trouble was uh, just a, you know, real, 
a difficult thing, um, you know, to, uh, you know, that, that, that had happened. I'd say that was like the, the worst part of it all. Um, and then, uh, then going away to, you know, to prison. So, you know, a lot of people don't realize, like when I tell this story that from the time I got arrested, it's the time I went to prison was almost two years later. And that was some of the, the, one of the roughest two years of my life. Um, because I just didn't know what was going to happen during right. the whole time. Waiting. Yeah. So I had, uh, you know, had my lawyers that they really never thought I was going to go to prison because, you know, but, you know, their eyes, I was a kid that made a mistake. A lot, you know, a lot of people thought I was a kid that made a mistake. Um, and, uh, you know, I was first time offender. I'd never been in any other kind of trouble. And, uh, and so, you know, so this whole time I really thought that there was much better odds that I wasn't going to, you know, go to prison. I was more than likely going to get a slap on the wrist. Um, you know, but you know, when the day came in court, which happened to be on my mom's birthday, um, the, de- uh, Dece- December 17th, uh, 2015, um, uh, I, or sorry, uh, 2012, uh, is when I got, uh, sentenced, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, my, the judge, uh, didn't look at it that way. You know, he, he looked at it, um, like that, you know, I was someone who decided to live this life and I made these choices and I, I just made my own, um, you know, illegal empire. And, you know, as much as I don't, you know, want to admit it, he's, he's a hundred percent right. You know, that I, I did make those bad choices. Um, you know, I, you know, I knew it wasn't, wasn't legal and, uh, you know, I did it anyway. And I, and at this point in my life, you know, I, I fully own it, you know, I was obviously upset at the time, but, you know, I realized like that, you know, when, in life, you know, you get, you get your path gets changed and, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, get come back to the law of attraction, you know, you don't, you don't always know what you're going to have to go through to get to what you really want. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to achieve a, um, you know, a high level of success, uh, you know, but, you know, I, I haven't really been through necessarily a whole lot. I haven't had a difficult life really up until that point, you know. Um, yeah, I always worked hard. I always chose to have jobs, but that was always a choice on my end. You know, my parents, you know, did very well. You know, and I didn't have to, you know, do as many of the jobs that I did, that I chose to do. Um, you know, they do have, my dad, you know, has a very, um, both my parents, very hardworking uh, people, you know, my dad grew up on a farm. Uh, so, you know, even though we weren't on the farm uh, as kids, we always went back to the family farm and did, uh, you know, did work. So he instilled, uh, um, you know, a hardworking, uh, you know, uh, culture in, in our household. Um, but at the same time, you know, I knew that he, you know, he did well enough to where I'd never really hurt for anything. You know, if my computer broke, you know, I'd be able to get a new computer, you know, pretty quickly. Um, you know, for school or anything I needed, um, you know, so, uh, so like I said, I, you know, I really cho- chose this, but then, you know, when I was sentenced to prison, um, you know, that, that took me down to the lowest of low levels, um, you know, in prison, you know, you're, everyone's, everyone's pretty equal, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you know, everyone's, everyone's treated like shit. Um, I mean, you're, it's, it's the lowest of low places you can go. And, um, and, uh, you know, I wasn't in my best shape, uh, prior to going, I've always been a big guy. Um, you know, my early twenties, you know, I would, I was in the low three hundreds, uh, 
you know, I, I definitely did a whole lot more weightlifting and stuff. You know, I was, you know, squatting over, you know, 600, you know, I could, I could rep, you know, three plates, um, you know, and, uh, but, um, you know, then, at, like I said, leading up to all, you know, all the stress and, uh, de- you know, depression prior to going, you know, I put on weight. And then once I finally you know, got locked up, you know, I just, I blew up because, uh, you know, I went to, um, this holding facility, you know, Alabama's prisons, um, at the time were at 285% capacity. And so I ended up going to this, um, holding facility that was a county, county jail where they, uh, you know, added some extra security measures so they could house uh, state prisoners. And, uh, you're only supposed to be there for 90 days. And I was in the, I was there for 19 months and that 19 months, they didn't take you outside. You didn't go outside at all unless they were shaking down your cell. Mm. Uh, I got shook. I got shook down nine times uh, in 19 months. So I went outside for less than nine hours in that whole 19 months. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so that being said, it's, it's pretty easy to see how someone could be very depressed um, in that uh, setting. And so, um, you know, so all I did pretty much at that time was, uh, eat and read, um, spent most of that, uh, that, uh, initial time just, uh, eating and reading. Um, you know, and I was, I was read a, a whole lot, uh, you know, just about business, uh, marketing, real estate, um, uh, and then also, uh, novels. Um, I think, uh, I probably read everything written by John Grisham through, 2015 everything by harlan corbin through uh 2015 um there was like a a number of authors i could say i read every book they wrote (laughs) uh and um and but then i i really pushed myself like i said on uh you know just business um yeah i read some on uh nlp and uh you know just things that i thought would you know make me sharper uh whenever i you know did come out because i already kind of knew um, that was going to be uh, severely lacking opportunities, uh, you know, whenever I, I did come home. And so, um, so anyway, so after 19 months, I got transitioned over to um, this uh, kind of a, a lower level prison uh, in uh, Alexander City, Alabama. And uh, that's kind of where I finished out my time uh, there. Um, they did have a, you know, a, a, a small uh, outdoor track uh so i was able to start you know doing a little bit of walking um you know so i don't really know what my highest weight was but whenever i came home and officially you know weighed at my doctor's office you know i was uh 434 at my heaviest um and uh you know it was uh and so when I, you know i came home in uh 2015 um yeah, I know you've seen, uh, you know, that my before photo I took two days after I came home um, because I really just wanted to document uh, that this was the official end of rock bottom. Like we're, we're, we're at the rock bottom. We're now looking up the top of the you know, canyon, sure. figuring out how to get out. And, um, and so I just really wanted to kind of like take the photo of knowing like, OK, this is the worst you're ever going to look. This is the worst you're ever going to feel. Um, and just, and just know, so I have it in my mind because one of the things I've definitely learned, you know, through my journey, uh, you know, to become, uh, you know, to the level of success I am, 
uh, you know, presently. And I, and I think what's going to be able to take me further is the fact that um, I have that my hard times to look back on. And I can honestly say that I probably don't have anything that hard in front of me, <laughs> you know, and, 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 so there, and there's, you know, not everybody can, you know, can say with definite, most people have a hard time they can look back on and know that it probably won't be that bad. But um, I, I'm almost can be, you know, positive that, you know, there's, there's nothing that's going to be in front of me that's going to be worse than doing three years in prison. Um, you know, because I know I'm not going to break the law or do anything, you know, wrong. Well, well, let me stop you right there for one second. I think the biggest thing mm-hmm. that you said earlier, I know I resonate with it. Um, I went through something very similar, nowhere near as, cl- nowhere near as harsh, you know, it never landed me mm-hmm. behind bars, but I made the same mistake and I paid for mm-hmm. it. Um, again, never, never went, never made it behind bars for that mistake. Um, but the one thing that hit me the hardest, you said it, was the disappointment to your parents. Like, I think that is that, that like hurt me more than actually sitting back and reflecting on, damn, you're an idiot. Like, why'd you do that? It was fuck to see the hurt in my mom's eyes and like, like my family and just the way they, the way they, they were so disappointed in me. Like, that hurt right. the most. That was like, that was it. And then, you know, when it happened, I was stupid enough to do it twice, <laughs> to make that mistake twice. And on the second right. time, I was like, you know what, man, I, there's two. I'm at a crossroads. One of two things is going to happen. I'm going to be behind bars or in a box or I've got to mm-hmm. get my shit together and start living a completely different lifestyle. So I, I hear you on that one. <laughs> right. No. Nah, and, uh, yeah, that's that's something. Yeah, that is it's taken me a long time. Uh to kind of get past. I mean, that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm, you know, still this day, I'm looking at, you know, how can I continue to be, you know, more successful, you know, tomorrow than I am today, because, you know, um, I, I just know that I, I feel like I kind of got a chip on my shoulders. So I got to prove that, prove to everyone um, that I am going to be, a, you know, a success story because, you know, as soon as, as soon as you make the papers and, uh, you know, they, they see your mugshot, you know, everyone just thinks, oh, he, you know, he's a fuck up. Like he's, you know, that that's what he is. You know, he fucked his whole life up and uh, that's all he'll ever be. And um, and so, uh, you know, I really wanted to, you know, make sure that that, that I'm, not, I'm not thought of in that way and that I, you know, that I bring value, you know, to, um, you know, to the world, uh, you know. And so yeah, that's why I kind of you know, uh, went on this journey. And so whenever I, you know, came home, I actually kind of skipped the small part of my story. So when I was on bond, I actually uh, started a, a restaurant called Sammy's Pizza and Subs. And um, that was my very first restaurant I owned myself. Um, my, my parents uh, helped, helped me out with that. Uh, they actually um, had a building uh, where there was a, a commercial building where my mom's dance school was. They had, they've had a uh, a restaurant uh, that was there. It was a barbecue place. I uh, decided to vacate um, the previous year, so the the space was sitting open already. So I went out, went ahead, and uh, took that over, and uh, you know, and uh, created uh, Sammy's Pizza and Subs. <laughs> you know, so it was uh, me and my first first uh, business, and um, you know, and it it did really well initially on sales, but 
you know, this is one of the reasons I I tell a lot of people I didn't have all the same issues when I first started in Clean Eats that a lot of the newer franchises did. Pretty much every way you could mess up in a restaurant, I did. You know, <laughs> you know it's easy I, to do. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know food costs. I didn't understand labor. Um, you know, and uh, and I, I just didn't really understand how to, you know, how to run businesses by the numbers. You know, so uh, you know, so at that point, I was still thinking like, okay, you know, um, hey, Domino's is selling pizzas for seven ninety nine. We're gonna sell them for seven forty nine. Yeah, you know, try to try to undercut them, not realizing that. You know um, that you—it's really hard to compete uh, against a, ma- a major company, uh, you know, at, at, of that size. And I was really in the wrong niche space, you know. And I kind of even, you know, learned about at that point th- through the whole whole course of this. I realized that, you know, when it comes to restaurants, there's definitely value brands versus premium brands. And that if I was ever going to go back into the pizza business, you know, I needed to definitely take a premium route because. I was making a premium product, but I was trying to compete at the value prices, uh, you know, because I had brick ovens. So I was doing, you know, true New York style pizzas. But at the same time, I was, you know, was trying to square up with, you know, Domino's and Papa John's. And, you know, I, I never had a shot. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, their, their marketing dollars, they can, you know, outspend me on, you know, I mean, every, everything I could do in a month, they can do in a day, you know. And so, um it, so I just, uh, you know, learned a whole lot about that, you know, pricing. And so, um, you know, we, they, my uh, mom actually kept my restaurant going for me while I was uh, locked up. Uh, and uh, so when I came home, I, you know, went back to that immediately. And you could kind of go to Google reviews and see the point I left to the point I came back <laughs> because it was great reviews, then bad reviews, <laughs> and then I came back and they started getting better again, you know, but, um, it was, uh, really, uh, that, you know, that point, uh, you know, there's so much that went wrong with it, you know? So then at the same time, I was starting to look over at, you know, what other things I could do. And I, I found this opportunity of someone looking for a partner on, um, Crab Island, which is a, uh, really popular sandbar, um, destination right outside of Destin, Florida. Um, that everyone, uh, you know, the people that hear about Destin, Florida, they know about the beaches, fishing and Crab Island. Um, and so um, I got involved with uh, this guy. It's an awesome and, place. Uh, after, oh, yeah. And uh, after the end of the first year, he ended up uh, wanting to sell out. Well, one thing I kind of did whenever we got together is, uh, you know, I created a, um, a buyout agreement, you know, not thinking that either one of us would want to do it anytime soon. But it actually gave me the opportunity to buy his uh, half the business for half of what I paid for the first half. If he decided to sell that quickly, well, he wanted to be, he wanted to sell. So we uh, did the agreement. So uh, my, um, so my first year on Crab Island, I kind of just let him lead the way because he had done the business that ran the business out there before. So I just kind of knew that I was going to take that year just to kind of observe, watch and learn and figure out, you know, how things can go you know, forward. And um, after that year, I realized that, he really didn't understand food costs either <laughs> and uh, when he created his uh, his menus and pricing. But there was so much volume out there that it was it was just hard to fail. Yeah. And that was the reason why he was doing so great is just because like, yeah, he might not have everything, you know, priced out to make the perfect margins on everything, but he sold enough. And so the following year, I readjusted all the prices and uh, brought added a couple more things. 
And we uh, did over twice as much in the first half of the summer as what we did the whole uh, previous year uh, with, with my with my adjustments. And um, and so we ended up, uh, while it was all said and done, we did just short of quadrupling the, um, the first summer. And at that point, I met another person out there who had a water sports background. So he and I kind of got together. He knew nothing about, you know, food and drinks. Um, I knew nothing really about, you know, water sports other than I love jet skis, but, you know, I've never managed the jet ski business. And so um, we came together and created this one called the Crab Island Sandbar. And uh, this one was the biggest barge on Crab Island um, in, uh, let's see, uh, 2017. Uh, It was uh, 40 by 45 feet, so 1,850 square feet floating. (laughs) I remember uh, it. Yeah, and on top of that, we had uh, jet ski docks on the side. Uh, so I mean, it was it was huge, um, you know. And I mean, it was a, it was a great business. I mean, we did over six figures in just jet ski rentals, not including uh, our daiquiri business, which the daiquiri business was amazing, uh, you know. Um, so um, did really well, but at the same time, uh, I realized that the county was starting to you know try to pass some regulations that really restricted. Uh, the business and how we did it. And, um, and I was really getting tired of, uh, you know, having to worry about uh, fighting with them every single year to be able to plan a future, you know, in our business. So that's kind of when I, uh, you know, start looking for other opportunities. And I think around that time is when um, the uh, original owners of Shalimar, uh, Zach and Lydia had opened up um, the clean eats in Shalimar. And so whenever I saw that pop up, I, um, hit up my uh, one uh, bodybuilder buddy that I work out with um, and said, Hey man, let's, uh, let's go uh, make the drive over there uh, uh, next uh, Saturday after our workout. And so, um, so that's what we did. I think it was a Friday or a Saturday. Uh, we went and did a, a morning workout and then, uh, you know, drove over about 30 minutes from Destin uh, to the Shalomar store. And uh, we ordered, um, let's see, we ordered an Arnold wrap, the good for you nachos, and um one other one other snack item i think oh it was the um the boston mass queso <laughs> um so 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 a couple, a couple og items that aren't there anymore but uh definitely popular items at the time and um so we just ordered the, those three things and halved everything so that way we could kind of you know, get a little variety and uh, try some stuff and uh you know i just basically lo- uh, lo- loved it uh you know at first try and um at the time i had a uh local girl that um was kind of cooking meal prep for me at home uh who she was priced uh pretty similar to what our meal print prices were um and so there was one time where um i kind of questioned this food safety of what i was getting uh just because of you know, she was running around delivering them in her hot Jeep, and I wasn't really sure if I was first or last. And <laughs> I also, uh, you know, realized since since uh, you know becoming a you know a trained franchisee, um, you know, because I've I've been in the kitchens and you know and, you know been around you know cooking you know fresh food made to order, but it wasn't until I became a you know franchisee that I realized how when you you know making prep meals that how you you know cook off proteins and you cool the you know cool the cook, everything you cook before you played it and you know seeing how some of my meals were in hindsight i could definitely tell that they weren't properly cooled before plating a lot of hot things all thrown in closed up being cooled down you know so it's never really reaches a truly safe temperature and so 
um, you know, that's, and so that's all the kind of things I realized, like, you know, after whenever I kind of decided I wasn't feeling great after eating some of the meals one day, I switched over to clean eats and, you know, and I just realized it was a much better, safer, you know, product knowing that there was the brick and mortar store. So there's, you know, someone to hold accountable, you know, if, uh, anything was never right. And, uh, so I made the switch and, um, really just started falling in love with the product, uh, you know, out of my total 172 pound uh, weight loss, uh, I was about 80 pounds down at the time. I think I discovered Clean Eats. Uh, so I, I started eating the meals and continuing to make progress. And uh, I think around that time is when I started, um, like, to decide, okay, I want to be a Clean Eats franchisee. So I hung out outside the Shalimar store. Uh, one day for about two hours just to kind of watch uh, what the traffic was, you know, going in. And the coolest thing about our brand uh, is how inclusive it is of everybody. Um, you know, because you, know, you would, yeah, I saw the people that you, I thought I would see going in there in terms of, you know, people that were in, you know, gym attire, looked like they probably just left the workout. But then you'd also, you know, see people you would never expect to see, you know, in there, like, you know, like some people that look like, you know, there's someone's grandma, you know, go, going inside, you know, um, all all different uh, ethnicities and cultures, you know, you know, go, going in, uh, you know, it's just the kind of thing you really want to see as far as like, a you know, a business that, you know, can be inclusive, you know, and feeding everybody and not just, you know, to a, um, you know, bodybuilder niche, you know, because, you know, we all know there's only a handful of bodybuilders in the world and there's everybody else, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, and so, uh, so yeah, so I, so I like that. So I think at that time, um, you know, I kind of looked on the map and I saw that, uh, you know, Panama city was open. And so that's when I, uh, I think applied to be a franchisee and I, you know, and so around that time is, uh, whenever, I flew up to uh, Wilmington and, uh, and, and met you, know, you and Yvonne and, and the rest of the, the corporate team at the time uh, yeah, there for my um, uh, discovery day. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, upon doing the discovery day, uh, uh, you know, being approved as a franchisee, uh, you know, I was super excited to get back uh, and uh, start on Pan uh, Panama City. Um, and so whenever I uh, went back to the Shalimar Cafe the following week and let them know that, like, hey, guys, you know, I'm about to be in the family. You know, I, I just got approved and stuff. That, uh, um, the uh, owner at the time, Zach's like, hey, uh, what's your number? I want to give you give you a call later. And, uh, and so I was, you know, obviously kind of intrigued, um, you know. Uh, so, uh, so I gave him my number, and later on he uh, gave me a call and said that they were uh, interested in uh, selling their store, that they were wanting to move down to Tampa, um and uh relocate and uh and so since uh i just got approved they knew it would be a lot easier to you know sell to me than to try to just you know list it you know on the open open market uh, you know for someone who then has to go through the approval process and uh and so i think that's when i reached out to you and um you know i talked about you know i think my my dream of of doing the whole panhandle you know from uh pensacola to tallahassee and uh I think that's when uh, I, I believe you said you wanted, yeah, that you didn't. You wanted me to go ahead and kind of do a plan of growth, and so you let me be. I, I think I was one of the one of the first franchisees to do a, a development agreement, maybe the second or third one, something like that. Yeah, we at the time you did that, we didn't have very many. I know that. Yeah, because uh, I knew you guys weren't real <laughs> big on it at the time because y'all were kind of yeah really trying to keep you know ever sure everyone was hands on 
you know, in the cafe systems uh, and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, I think I was definitely it, in the in the beginning of it. Yeah, it was multiple reasons. It was, you know, the brand was so new then that we didn't have the the right systems down. We wouldn't have been able to support a a big development agreement like that um, that wasn't somebody already involved. Um, and then it was, you know, everything trickles down from that. So then you're like, okay, well, we can't charge somebody money. You know what I mean? Like it, the value wasn't there for the person buying it. It was, it was many, many mm-hmm. things. We were just too new to be able to do that at the time. But oh, cool. But now well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad, uh, glad, glad it worked out and I was able to do it. Uh, so, you know, so that's why, um, so uh, yeah, we went ahead and, um, yeah, did that deal. And then I bought uh Shalimar, uh, you know, from them. And, uh, you know, um, that was uh, definitely a great change, uh, just because, uh, you know, went from uh, me, you know, having my seasonal, uh, summer business where I'm wet, dependent on the weather, dependent on local politics. Uh, you know, if I'm going to be able to have a next year, uh, next season type, type deal, um, you know, I'd have to watch out for hurricanes coming, uh, hurricane came, I used to have to, you know, get a, you know, crew, crew of, uh, you know, probably like 10 guys on three boats to go out there and help me move everything around and get everything secured and anchored. Um, and so going, like I said, going through the stress of that old business to clean eats, uh, it, it just honestly, what was, uh, a b- big stress relief I'm sure. <laughs> compared to it compared to a lot of, um, yeah, the other ones, because like I said, I, I no longer have to worry about, you know, weather so much. And, um, and, uh, yeah, we have a little bit of seasons with clean eats, but it's not nearly as extreme as my crab Island business was, you know? So we, you know, we slow down in the winter time, but we, we still have people coming in every day, um, you know, versus, uh, you know, uh, at, on the, my, on my floating businesses, uh, you know, pretty much come September, it all just shut off. You know, people quit coming to town. Everyone's back in school. Family stop vacationing, and it's down till next year. So, um, so I made that transition. Were you gonna say something? No, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I made so I uh, made the transition to um, Shalimar, and uh, you know, and so from there, we just kind of, um, you know. I, I wanted to see how everything was going at first. So I didn't really, you know, make any uh, changes too aggressively. Uh, Shalimar was a top store. I don't even really think I told too many people I bought it when I first bought it, just because, you know, it was doing so well that usually you don't want to say too much. Uh, uh, and, uh, and so I kind of just slowly, uh, you know, went around town introducing myself as the owner. Um, and, uh, you know, it really, uh, you know, uh, was a you know great thing. Uh, along with my weight loss story, I, I continue to make progress. So I think uh, by the time I had uh, bought Shalimar, I was you know down over a hundred pounds, and uh, you know, so being able to show uh, my before and after photo, you know, to, to people, uh, you know, really helped uh, get me in the door. Um, you know, with a lot of people, uh, as far as uh, you know, them being able to relate, you know, to others and stuff. And, um, and, and one of the other things I also did, you know, in my businesses is, uh, you know, I wanted to really focus on, on, uh, growth and, um, you know, expansion. So instead of, you know, paying myself, uh, you know, a big salary off the, from the beginning, I'd pay myself, uh, you know, 37, five, uh, 100 a year out of the one store, um, you know, just, uh, live very conservatively, uh, because prior, prior to that store, I'd bought my first, uh, condo. 
And uh, I'd actually moved out of that condo and rented out a uh, shithole uh, townhouse uh, because my condo, I paid uh, 165 for it, uh, but it would do about 40 grand a year in rental revenue uh, on short term rentals. So it would completely cover my mortgage along with pay my thousand dollar a month rent at my shithole. And I would still have, you know, a couple thousand uh, left over every month. So I, I did that for um, about a year and a half. And then, uh, you know, bought another place at the same time. I opened up um, Pensacola and, um, you know, started paying myself a small salary out of that one uh, as well. And um, just kind of kept kept doing the, uh, you know, what I between the two things of, uh, you know, buying real estate, you know, and, and, uh, focusing on my next, uh, you know, clean eats, uh, restaurant. Um, and so, uh, you know, in, in total, um, I started doing, uh, you know, some flips and something called a uh, burr investing, which is a uh, burr is an acronym that stands for, uh, buy rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. And so, um, I'd buy like an example of, uh, when I did this last year, I, I bought this, uh, one property for 180,000. I did a $80,000 renovation on it. Uh, so I'm all in for 260. The appraisal came back at 338. Um, I refinanced, uh, the property and, uh, I now have someone, uh, renting it out for 2675 a month. Um, so, uh, I got all my money back out of the, out of the property. And, um, you know, I got someone, uh, you know, uh, paying, uh, you uh, paying the rent, uh, which is a 12% annual, uh, you know, return, uh, you know, on the total, total investment. So, um, I've done that a few times, um, uh, right, right prior, uh, to, uh, uh right, right around, uh, let's see, uh, 2020, I bought a big uh, piece of property on Okaloosa Island, um, uh, with plans to uh, develop a nine unit. Um, condo on it. I got the uh, development order on that, and then I sold that earlier this year uh, with the development order, and I made uh, eighty grand uh, profit. You know, on the on the deal without me even having to put a shovel in the ground. <laughs> so, um, so just like I said, just kind of really been focused on, um, you know, real estate deals that make sense, and at the same time, uh, you know, trying to grow my you know clean eats team. Uh, you know, to be the best, uh, you know, that they, we can, we can be, you know, inside the business. Um, and so, uh, yeah, this past year, uh, I opened up Tallahassee and then I bought mobile, uh, uh just a couple months later. Um, and, uh, you know, right now, uh, we're, we're still trying to grow, uh, both those markets. Um, you know, I, in an ideal uh, scenario, it probably would have been better if I could have waited a little bit longer to buy Mobile, so I could have focused a little bit more on Tallahassee. But at the same time, you know, when that opportunity came came around, uh, you know, and for the deal I was able to do, you know, with it, I, I just couldn't couldn't pass it up because it was just too too great of a deal. Um, but I, right now, we're I'm definitely seeing great growth in um, both uh, both my my Tallahassee and Mobile stores. I think. Tallahassee's meal plans finally starting to kick up each week. And then, uh, I know, uh, mobile, uh, I think when I bought it, it was in the, the bottom 10 and I think now we're, I think in the fifties. <laughs> so we've moved up. Yeah. They're moving up half, halfway, halfway in the pack. Uh, and, um, and I know actually now it's actually went from, I think being an unknown in catering to in the top 10 in catering, uh, too. Uh, so, uh, we've definitely been, you know, doing well there. And I mean, that, and I, for that, I have to, you know, thank my staff, uh, that I've been able to find, 
um, because, uh, you know, without them, I definitely wouldn't be able to, you know, continue to grow like I have and uh, expand. And um, and that's one of the things we keep, uh, you know, kind of preaching inside my uh, restaurants is that, um, you know, I don't, I have more future management positions than I currently have employees is what I tell them all the time. Uh, so I, I always let them know that, look, there's, there's, there's management roles we haven't even created yet because sure. we just aren't there, you know, yeah. but there's always the next level, you know, for them to expand to. And I think that's, what's uh, kept everybody, um, you know, motivated and, and want to, want to see what, you know, what's, what's next for them because, uh, you know, they know, know there is. And, and so I, you know, but on, on my vision board, I, I definitely created a few years ago that I wanted to have uh, 5,000 employees, um, you know, because I knew for, for me, for anybody who's reached an extreme high level of success, they've, they've done it, you know, big, they've done it, you know, with other people. And um, I just know that if I could somehow create the uh, system where I could, uh, you know, provide livings for that many people, that there's no way I couldn't be successful, sure. <laughs> you know, so. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so we just kind of keep, keep focusing on, um, you know, on what, what's next. And, uh, you know, so we're, we're hoping, uh, to kind of, uh, push, uh, Tallahassee and Mobile, you know, up to the similar levels that I have, you know, my other two great stores of, of, uh, Shalimar Pensacola at, and then, uh, eventually, uh, hopefully we'll find our, our spot to be able to do, uh, Panama City in this next year. Awesome, man. Well, before, before we wrap this up, man, I, I want to summarize something. So you you got out in, in 2014? Uh, 2015. 2015. So mm-hmm. I'm going to frame this for everybody listening because it's a similar timeline. And, and I think that's just what's incredible about these stories. So this is kind of why I wanted to do this. You know, mm-hmm. if you go back to Mike Parker's story from the timeline of when he quit his other career – to today you know and and the success that he's had and the life that he's built same with anna if you go back to the time that anna started her journey to today and see the empire that she's built and now you know you're here and from 2015 to you know eight years later to see Mm -hmm. you at the absolute rock bottom which by the way thank you for sharing that man i know that's hard to talk about so i appreciate it but Mm -hmm. You know, in, in, in the short eight-year period to see the portfolio and the empire that you've built, man, we got some badass people in our brand. And I just – I could not mm. not share these stories. And, I, you know, I was, when Yvonne and I were talking about doing this, and I'm like, I may not be the best storyteller, obviously. I mean, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. know that. But, you know, for us not to share this with the world, I think is – would be a mistake. So – I just think that we've got, a, I've got a couple other handful of people that I want to get on the show that have, you know, a similar success story, you know, and I'm humbled every day and I'm very grateful. And I think when, when I reflect and I see the owners like you guys who in a very short period of time, like less than a decade, because most of you guys haven't been in the franchise a decade, we're not even a decade right. old, you know, mm-hmm. to see, to see the success that you guys have gone out and built, that's what fucking fires me up every day to come out and do this. It has nothing to do with making money or, you know, th- that material shit can go by the wayside. For me to sit back and, and share you guys' stories and you guys' success, man, means absolute world to me. And it's unbelievable some of the shit that we've done. So Yeah, I def- definitely agree. Yeah, I mean, no, you, you definitely made, made the point that, um, you know, anybody who's you're trying to achieve success in their life, they – 
they got to you know they got to look 10, 10 years out you know and and uh you know and start trying to do everything they can today to be that person they want to be you know 10 years out you know um because uh yeah no one's success journey is you know overnight you know unless they're a lottery winner and yeah. usually it's overnight and then and, and gone the next year sure. <laughs> well man well, I'm going to wrap it up I, again man thank you so much for taking the time to do this and share your, your share your story uh it's incredible, man. I'm I'm proud of what you've done in such a short time, man. It's awesome to see, and I enjoy following it. So keep going. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. So can't can't wait to see you guys in a couple months in uh Pan or next month in Panama City, and then uh, that month after and for uh, the convention. Yeah, we got the uh, retreat coming up. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so it sounds good, man. Well, I'm sure I'll talk to you here in the next couple weeks, and if not, we'll see you at the retreat. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks. Till till next time, guys.